Welcome to the Transformative Principal Podcast, where we learn how to be an amazing educational leader. I am your host, Jethro Jones. Are you ready to be a transformative principal? I'm looking for about 10 people who are ready to do what it takes to lead with integrity, find balance, and take your school to the next level. If you're looking to improve your leadership in a measurable way, go to transformativeprincipal.org slash mastermind to see if you qualify to join a group of like-minded people who are ready to be the best principals in the country. So today on the Transformative Principal podcast, I don't have an interviewee, but I do want to talk about the Augustine service that I did. And one of the cool things about doing this podcast is that I get to learn from so many amazing, incredible, wonderful people that I just can't believe it. And it's awesome. So what I try to do is I try to implement that in what I do. And this year was the first year that I was really intentional and focused about it. And so what I'm going to do is uh, share with you what I did for my August in-service, the back-to-school in-service with everybody that I thought would hopefully really help everybody get ready to be back in teaching. And, you know, the the fascinating thing is, is that I learn so much every single time that I do this, but it seems that I'm able to learn from people who are really ready to help me in a way that like I really just need at that moment. And what's so fascinating to me is how this particular in service, I felt like it was really what needed to happen to take my team forward. So hopefully that's that's how my team felt. And so far their feedback has shown me that that's the case. And you know, you never know until it actually happens. But this was, I think, the best in service that I've led so far. And I certainly couldn't have done it without the support from uh, the Transformative Leadership Summit, which I used a bunch of quotes from there. And then I also used something from Mark Barnes' um, Hacking Education podcast. And uh, and I'll share a link to that in the show notes also, because I just use a small clip. And there's a lot of really good stuff in that podcast. So, you know, one of the things that I want to do whenever I start an in-service is to help get everybody excited for the school year. And to do that, we showed the video from doing our home visits, which was an awesome thing. And you can check that out on my blog at jethrojones.com. Um, I put it up there in a Dropbox link so you can check that out. And really being able to share those experiences and that awesome opportunity with everybody was really special to me. So I really enjoyed that. And it was a great way to start us out. Now, before we go too far, I do need to also say coming up in the next week or two, I'm not exactly sure when it's going to happen, but I'm going to release a bunch of tiny mini episodes that are one to seven minutes long that are uh, getting people ready for the principals conference here in Alaska. What I did when people applied to present is I also interviewed them to get their ideas of what their session was going to be like. And I think this is a really cool thing to do for a conference because I'm going to play those on, on this podcast so that you can hear what people are presenting about here. But then I'm also going to share those in the app when people go to a session. So when they go to listen to a session, they'll be able to hear what the creator of that session um, actually said. So I want to make sure I didn't get too far before I told you about that. 
So our agenda for our in-service, we had a whole day, and in the morning we wanted to talk about our core values. In the afternoon we wanted to talk about literacy and relevant education and then have some closing remarks. And so I'm going to go through the things that we did to set these things up because in my experience, I've always struggled in knowing how to set things up. Like I can get the vision of what people are doing, but the setting up part is is where I always struggle. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that. So we decided to spend the whole morning on the core values discussion that I had with Mary McMahon as part of the Transformative Leadership Summit. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And what I did to set this up was I told him about how valuable core values can be and how much they can change your system and how when we start together with our core values, then we lead from a really powerful place. And so I'm going to play that clip from my interview with her right here. You know, there has to be a common theme. There has to be, okay, this is what, this is who we are and this is what we believe in. This is what we're about as an organization. But as people in that organization, we also have to, um, we have to recognize that we are all individual, we're unique, and the diversity within that is great for, for, for all of the, for our organization to thrive. We can't be the same. We have to be open-minded. We have to um, put everything, all perspectives out there. And I find that if we can find, we can figure out what it is that's common about us and, and be passionate about what we do. That's the thing about that, that I am leading with your core values does is it, it, um, it starts a fire in you that, that the noise outside of that won't, won't stop you because you're so committed to achieving your goal because you're leading from a, uh, your heart from, from that core place of who you are as a person and that passion. Once it's, once you, once you identify it and you nurture it, there, it's unstoppable in these times where we feel like, Oh, the red tape, the bureau, the bureaucracy, the management of what I have to do is, is overwhelming me. You know, I have, you know, so many emails to get back to. It's like, no, you know, we, once you identify why you're doing what you're doing and you have such a clear purpose, it just fuels everything you do and it makes it come to life. And we all need to be working around people who are alive. So that little clip from Mary McMahon really like gives you some idea of, of how important it is. And she ends with this smile on her face that is just like total Mary, which is just awesome. So then I talk about one of the quotes that she said from the Transformative Leadership Summit. And she says, we're able to dive in deeper as a team. As soon as we started having that conversation, we can go to a deeper level. We continue to shatter glass ceilings as a team. It makes the work so much more enjoyable. We started in a place together that values each other so much more. So the next thing I did is to get each other, everybody talking, we had these key questions, which is, why are you doing this work? Think about a time that you're really proud of your work. What made you proud? What kinds of things will you not tolerate? And told them that those questions really help them define what their core values are. And then I shared my core values with them. And these are what they are. Every student has the right to learn. Every student and teacher has the right to feel safe. Everyone is treated with respect. We work hard. We play hard. We articulate why it is best for kids. Open communication solves all problems. We accept everyone, love everyone, storylines, model appropriate work-life balance. Now, that's not, you know, that's all not all that hard to get that out. 
but it does become difficult for people to start opening up about the things that they really believe. And so when we ask those questions of why are you doing this work, think about a time that you're really proud of your work, what made you proud, and what kinds of things will you not tolerate? Those questions really cause them to take a different perspective on their jobs. And what was really fascinating was hearing how these questions help you to, or what kinds of things will you not tolerate? People started thinking about what kinds of things they don't put up with. And it really changed the the discussion going from, well, I think this is important to actually, I'm not going to stand for these kinds of things happening. And I really saw some some teachers opening their eyes to to what that really meant. And that was just really cool to be able to to hear from them and learn from that. And one of the things that I loved about this conversation is once we started sharing our core values, I realized how much we all had in common and how everybody was so respectful of each other. And so it was just powerful to see that those who uh, never talk to each other or don't really have anything in common. They teach completely opposite subjects and don't have the same role. There were connections and relationships. And what was really fun was everybody got 15 minutes to write down their top 10 values. And not everybody did 10. And that was fine. Some did five, some did none. That was okay. But once everybody wrote them down and took that time to write them down and then started sharing them, we really saw some powerful experiences from that. And so I had them share what their role is, one thing about the summer they were most excited about, and then their core values. And what was really cool to see was us being able to connect with each other. And here's where the real power came in. I had all the staff in there as well. So the custodian and the cooks and and the secretaries were all in there and everybody was able to share something that they believe in. And it was so powerful and it was so wonderful. And there are a couple of things that I just want to highlight and I'm not going to share everybody's core values, obviously, but what I do want to talk about is first people were real and they were vulnerable. And that's so hard to do with a bunch of other adults because for some reason we, we shelter that stuff within us and I was so proud of them for for putting themselves out there and so grateful that they're willing to do it. One of my fears going into this was that people were going to be like, this is a waste of time. It's no good. We don't need to spend our time doing this. But the feedback that I actually got was that it was awesome. It brought everybody closer together. So when people were real, then it was easy to connect with them and it was easy to empathize and feel compassion for them. And there was some some powerful emotions that happened that day. So people being real and raw was very powerful. When I interviewed Mary McMahon for this, I thought there's no way that I can get through everybody. There's no way that we can do all 40 or 50 people that we have in the building. And it's just going to be this is just going to take too much time for everybody to go through their top 10 values. And we were able to finish it before lunch and even get out a little bit early. But I thought people would take a lot longer. But what I learned is that people didn't need to take a long time to be real about it. And that was just so awesome for me to see. And 
I just, I learned so much more about them and grew so much closer that it was primed for that opportunity. So that was really cool. So the other thing that I really learned was that people really listen when they were sharing those things. And so, you know, one teacher shared how she was adding everybody's names and ideas to what her core values were. And so she was, you know, saying, this is my core value, but I also really liked how so-and-so said this and so-and-so said this, and then adding them in so that she had like five or 10 extra that were additions from other people who had gone before her. And it was just cool to see how everybody started adding others in and really made it a, a special experience. So I was nervous about doing this when I talked to Mary about it and I told her I was going to do it on the summit and and I did and that felt really good. But one of the things that I always try to do with my interviews and I hope that you do this when you listen to the podcast also is I try to take something from each person I talk to and apply it in my leadership experience. And you know, I've done this is episode 138 or 139 because <laughs> I lose count. And I've been able to learn from so many people, learn so much that it's just been incredible to me to see how that works. So we moving on to the next section, we've been doing literacy at my school, which is a really powerful thing that, that helps our students. And we spent part of the afternoon doing literacy. And one of the other things that I learned from the uh, leadership summit was from my interview with Mike Anderson about giving people choice and how you can do that. And so to do that, I talked uh, with literacy, I talked a little bit about where we've been and where we're going. And so I talked about where we'd been with annotation in 2014-15, 2015-16, we did annotation in two-column notes and summarizing 2016 17, we did cause and effect, or we're going to do cause and effect, compare, and really start implementing some thinking charts. And then 2017 18, we're going to implement thinking charts and, and sentence mastery. And what this is going to allow us to do is get us to all be literacy teachers instead of only relying on English language arts to do that. And I really believe that this is a powerful way of integrating content areas to help us be more successful. So got teachers talking about what is literacy, why is literacy part of every content area, and are there different kinds of literacy, and had a good discussion about that. And then we broke people into groups, and this is where the choice from Mike Anderson came in, is we had a group about people who were wondering what the literacy standards are. We had a group of people sharing ideas about how to incorporate literacy, and then we had a group of people who just wanted to make literacy plans for their classroom. So we gave people three choices, and then they could choose where they went. And part of doing this is me really trying to help the teachers own their own professional development. And that's something that they have said that they want, and are, I want our teachers to feel like they do own it. So I really feel like this is a good way to do it, and it's been effective. So they got into these groups, and ironically, nobody did the group B sharing ideas about literacy, they all wanted to either make plans or learn what the standards were, which, you know, sometimes when that happens, that's when you allow choice, that's what happens. So that worked out just fine. So I spent about 45 minutes doing that and we came back together. Then we talked about making it relevant. And I chose this quote from Mike Anderson's 
Mike Anderson that says, we all know from experience that when students have energy and passion for their work and are driven to excel, they can accomplish incredible feats. And we had a pretty tragic accident here in our district over the summer where one of the students got pinned under a four-wheeler, a high school student who was at the middle school just two years ago, and her arm had to be amputated. And, you know, of course, she was a wonderful, outgoing, awesome girl who always was smiling, and that didn't change when this accident happened. And what was really amazing is that her peers, her fellow students, have gotten together and raised an incredible amount of money for getting a prosthetic and helping her pay for the the things that she's going to have to go through. And I mean, when we talk about students who have energy and passion, these kids certainly do. And my assistant principal, Damon Hargraves, said, you know, the real tragedy is that they're learning all this stuff and they're essentially not getting any credit for it in school. And they they kind of have to stop that innovative uh, fundraising mentality when they come to school because there's really no place for it in a traditional school. And how if we can make that possible, then we can do some really cool things with our kids at all levels. And, you know, I think that that's a really powerful thing for us to, to remember that when kids have energy and passion, they can do some incredible things. So I'm going to put a link to uh, Dennis Sheeran's Hacking Relevance podcast in the show notes. So go listen to that. I used part of that in my in my slides or in my presentation with the faculty. And I, I think that that's a really good one for you to go listen to. So if you aren't listening to that already, go check out that Hacking Relevance podcast. After I shared that clip by Dennis Sheeran, I played a clip from Ray McNulty, and I asked him why in the Transformative Leadership Summit, why is right now the best time to be in education? And here's his answer. You know, there are more ways to learn than there are to teach right now. And when I began began my career, you know, it was about teacher as the leader of the learning in a classroom. And, you know, God, now um, there are so many ways. And teaching is only one way to achieve learning. And, um, and, and what we're troubled by, I think, as educators is um, we might be believing what was, you know, what was sufficient in the past is going to be good enough in the future. And the fact of the matter is it's not. And, and we really need to embrace at a broader level, um, not just teaching, but learning. And I think that's where there's some confusion in our, in our profession today. So I like to, when I work with educators, and I've been on the road the last couple of weeks uh, enjoying some time at home here now, and um, one of the questions I ask educators is, um, I ask them if they've learned anything since they left school. And um, everyone says, oh, of course I have. And my response is, well, uh, how come nobody values that? And, and, and what we know from the learning sciences is that if you learn something on your own, um, you'll never forget it. You will never, ever forget it. And you, you become actively engaged in that learning. So I challenge people at times to say, uh, at every school, they should be able to articulate what do they mean by learning? What is learning? Because that's our, that is our profession. It's our profession is about learning, not about teaching. You can teach all you want, but unless the, unless the students learn something, it doesn't really matter. So what we need to begin to do, and something that I talk a lot about, 
is we need to stop thinking about when we have content, stop thinking about how you would teach it to somebody. Look at the content with very novice eyes and say, how would I learn this today in the world? How would I go about learning it? And if we start as educators to think about that, we begin to engage in this idea of empowering students to be learners. Um, one of the big challenges we have, and if you think about this, and I, I have 10 grandkids and I think about this a lot now, but when do we make a student a learner in our system? So from kindergarten through 12th grade, every day they get a teacher who tells them what to do, when to do it, how to do it, when to turn it in, and how they score on it. And there is never a time where we present them with knowledge or information or a skill and say, you know, to learn it on their own, to be a, a self-directed learner. There's no gradual release. It's kind of like, you know, you get a teacher every day. If you think about it, we set kids up really to face a tough world because from kindergarten to 12th grade, they go to school. They uh, do everything they're supposed to. We have incredibly compliant students in our, in our world today. They're, some people confuse motivation and learning. They say, oh, they're here every day. Yeah, they have to be. It's the law. I mean, <laughs> they wouldn't come if they didn't have to be. So the question becomes one of, you know, is how do we get them to be engaged, thoughtful learners? And how do they, we get them to understand that they could learn without a teacher, without somebody there in front of them? I mean, I've, I've tweeted out numerous times an expression that I – I often I say a teacher who teaches students to learn without them creates a student for success in the 21st century. I, I love that comment there at the end. Someone who a teacher who teaches someone to learn without them creates a student prepared for the 21st century. That is so true, absolutely. So on this one, we we broke up into three groups as well on making things relevant for our kids. So we had one group of, I want to seek and share ideas on making it relevant. We had one group on champs, learning goals, standards, teacher observations in a relevant classroom. And then a third group that was, I want to make plans for my units to be more relevant. And we had people in each of those groups. And again, the opportunity for teachers to choose something different and do something on their own was pretty awesome. You know, from a planning perspective as a principal, this was actually good because I needed to find relevant groups to break into that my teachers would want to go to. And obviously I didn't do very good on the literacy one, but this one was good because it had people in three different areas. So, you know, as you're thinking about doing some of this stuff, you want to, I don't want to overwhelm myself. And that's one of the things that Mike Anderson talked about was if you make too many choices, then it's really difficult to narrow it in. And so, you know, I thought three was appropriate. Three was something I could handle, and that would allow one of them to be kind of a bomb if needed. And if two of them became a bomb and everybody wanted to go to one place, then that's not a bad thing either. But I knew there'd be some who wanted to be in two different places. So at the end of the day, I got everybody together and wanted to do like a What's our theme for this year? And our theme for this year is what is needed when it's needed. And really, I want our teachers and students to get what they need when they need. And I had a couple of opportunities to be tested on that later. And, you know, teachers were saying things like, this is what I need right now. And, you know, basically challenging me and saying, are you actually going to fall through on this? And, 
you know, I think that that's important that if that's going to be your theme, then you better be willing and ready to follow through on it. So that's what you should do. So anyway, that's been pretty cool to see. So I start out by talking about communication cards. And if you've heard me talk about that before, I'll just talk briefly. Those are cards that I put on my door that people can come up and take and use to start a conversation with me. I have uh, seven of them. One is it's all about the money. Another is I have a crisis in my personal life. The other one is I have a storyline. The other one is I have I need help solving a problem. Again, I need to vent. I want to brag and I made a mistake. And so when people come to me with these cards, they are signals to me on how I need to respond. And the best one is that storyline one. I just love it because if somebody feels like they're not doing what they should, all they need to do, or I don't think they're doing what they should, all they need to do is bring me that storyline card and say, here's my storyline. I think you don't like me. I think you're upset at me, whatever. And then I get to tell them the truth. And 99% of the time, everything's good. And they're reading into something that I said. And this is so powerful. And if you have not started implementing the storyline in your building, you've got to. Because once people see that you are willing to react appropriately, when somebody tells you they have a storyline, it just changes things in an amazing way. So we talked a little bit about uh, Rachel Ledecky and how she had a uh, a green line that she blew out of the water when she did the 800 at the Olympics. And that was pretty awesome. The rest turn and they won't even be able to see the feet of Katie Ledecky. She's so far away from them. Ledecky, gold medal. Ledecky, world record. Katie Ledecky of the USA reigns supreme yet again. So I showed that video and the video has a green line that she's kicking with her feet. And usually the green line is out in front. And I asked people what they were like when they're at their best. And what if they could see that green line? How would that change them if they were at their best? And had them talk about that for a little bit. And what was really powerful is people started to see when they were at their best. And Sean Gaylord in my interview with him, which was a fantastic interview for the Transformative Leadership Summit, he had some really good things to say about our profession being noble. You and I both know, and all these folks, these fine folks that are watching, we all know that our profession as educators is, is under an attack. You know, and, and it takes on on many forms, be it accountability, testing, funding, you know, and I don't want to get political here, but there are various ways in which our profession is not is, is seen as lesser than. OK, and as, as much as I would love for the prize patrol to come to my school, as much as I would love to um, to, to, to give everybody a million dollar raise, that's not happening anytime soon. So, so we've, we, we have got to take back our profession and to take back the pride in that and, and the nobility in that. So ours is truly, I believe, the noblest of all professions because we are serving a higher purpose for our kids. So it's got to start there. So one of the other things that I talked about was how if we're going to have a noble profession, then we need to make sure that we are acting in a way that we we deserve to be noble. And 
my dad used to always say that the last two years of his life have been the best two years of his life. And whenever that was, and you know, that approach to, to saying that those last two years have been the best is, is always been something that stuck with me. And we really do define who we are and how we do things. And that is up to us and we can be happy if we want. And, you know, just that morning, my, I listened to Michael Hyatt's podcast where he talked about how to be happy. And it was just perfect timing for this conversation because we really should be in charge of our own happiness. And so I put a link to the, to that in the show notes. And, you know, I asked my teachers, is this the best time to be in education? And how much of that answer do you control? And I really believe that we control a lot of it. And, you know, I, I really want us to be at our best. And I talked about how the professional development that we do in our school helps us be at our best. And if we are able to, to have autonomy, mastery, and purpose, as uh, Daniel Pink says, then we'll be able to be successful and, and do, do really great things. And, you know, I asked the staff to write down three things that keep them at their best and how do they, how do they stay at their best? How do they beat their own world record and left them with that and and challenged them to be at their best this entire year. And I'm grateful for the opportunity that I have to work here and for the things that I've been learning from doing it. And just, it's been a great start to the year already and I'm excited for what lies ahead. And I feel that way every single year, but this year is certainly special. So thank you so much for listening to the Transformative Principle Podcast. And uh, please um, share this with your friends, share this with other principals. And if you still want to get the Transformative Leadership Summit, you can. And you can start using some of those great tips and advice sessions with your staff as well. Transformative Principles is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts.